Hey, this is Welby Pierce. I'm the lead pastor of Hope Rising Church. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope it inspires you, hope it builds your faith, and hope it gives you perspective to see how God is moving in your life. I hope you enjoy the message. I had to take a seat and tell him it's good to be here this morning. Come on, tell him he's strong. He's strong. He's strong. Yeah, he's, he is strong. That's right. That is, that is right. Man, it's so good uh, to be here with you this morning. I hope, I hope your new year has been going well so far. It's been going okay so far? All right. Uh, it's not good. Let's try that again. Is your new year going all right so far? All right. All right. I'm just saying. Come on, we're not that far in. We're, we're, I, need you to be, I need you to be on the up and up. You're just 20 days in. We're going to make this, all right? And so, uh, man, we, we are in uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting, and we've got just another, uh, just another week of this. And so um, I, I don't know, you know what you may or may not be fasting, but uh, anybody hungry? Like Anybody just like, come on, give me like a steak, some chicken, some fajitas. Can I just go to Lupe's or Papacitos or, you know, give me, give me some, some uh, chips and queso and, and guacamole and whatever else it takes? Man, I, uh, I'm, I can't wait. Praise God. God, and so uh, it's going to be good, and so, hey, next week, uh, next week, we're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate a couple things. One, we're going to celebrate that the fast is over, uh, and so uh, it's good to go through the fast. Man, I love it. It's amazing, but when it's over, I'm like, oop. Praise Jesus. And so, so next Sunday, we're going to celebrate. Man, we're going to have uh, cake pops and buntinis and, and all kinds of stuff going on next week. We're celebrating our one-year uh, mark of our church. And so, man, we're, we're going to party next week. I want you to know that we believe church should be a party. It shouldn't be a funeral. You should enjoy church, not endure church. I just believe that church should be something fun that you should go to and love to be a part of. And so, man, next week, I want you to be here. Bring somebody with with you next week. It's going to be so good. Turn somebody next to you and say, it's going to be so good. Man, it's, I'm telling you, it's going to be great. And then, and then also, you may be looking like, man, what's this nice little portable hot tub going on today? Man, we are uh, doing water baptisms today uh, at the end of, uh, of the service here. And man, it's going to be awesome. We'll tell you again, but you, you, may, you may decide you want to get baptized and you hadn't planned on it uh, today. And you're like, well, I don't have clothes or I didn't come prepared. I want you to know I got you covered, all right? I got you covered. We got shorts. We got shirts. We got towels. We got whatever you need uh, is in the house, okay? So if you didn't come planned or prepared to uh, get baptized today, uh, I want you to know maybe you do decide later. Thank you, Stacy. Uh, give it up for Stacy. I want you to know that we've got you covered, so don't worry about it, all right? Uh, forget about it, all right? Right? Hey, you know, something like that. And so, was that okay? Was that, was that, was decent? Okay. And, um, and so, we, uh, we, we got you covered, all right? So, you, you, you'll be good to go. And so, man, we just believe in, it's, it's just a good day. It is a good day. Hey, we are in uh, our third week, our third installment of this series called Made for More. Can you say that with me? Made for more. And, and to kind of catch you up, maybe you haven't been here, uh, to catch you up, we've been using the backdrop of the children of Israel. Uh, they had been enslaved or in slavery and bondage to the Egyptian rulers and to the Egyptian people. And, and so they were there for 400 years and 
and just, just in this complete bondage. And so uh, during this time, towards the end of that, God raised up a deliverer named Moses, and Moses went to Pharaoh, directed by God, and said, hey, God said, let my people go. And so, so Pharaoh ended up letting the people of Israel go, and Israel goes through the, the, the Red Sea on dry ground. How many think that'd be really cool? How many think it'd be cool, like just like in your pool in your backyard or something, you just hold out a staff, and you're like, and just the water's like, you're like, hey, kids, watch this, <laughs> you know? That'd be pretty neat. Uh, so that's basically what Moses did, all right? And so he puts the staff down, the water's part. The, the children of Israel walk through uh, dry ground, and then the, the Egyptians, the Pharaoh and his army end up chasing him because he's, he's, he's like, hey, our economy's crashing, and all of our help is gone. And so he goes and tries to get them, and while, while they are in the middle of the riverbank, uh, the waters begin to cave back down and go down and drown the enemy. And so uh, so that's kind of been the backdrop of, the, uh, of what we've been talking about here for made for more. And so, and to celebrate this idea or this, this event, uh, the children of Israel would have something they would call the Passover celebration. The Passover wasn't just an event, uh, but it, it became a, a celebration where Israel would take the four cups, they would take four cups in the celebration and each cup would represent a promise that God made to them in, uh, in captivity. And so you, would, you might would even know that the Jews would call this the I wills. These are some of the I will statements or I will promises that God gives the children of Israel when they are in captivity. And as we, as we study uh, the Passover and we look at the Passover and, and, and we see kind of the elements and what it's about, we, we realize that Jesus is at the center of the Passover. He is the Passover lamb. The Bible refers to him as the lamb that was slain. And so, so we see Jesus is even in the Passover and we find that no promises, no promises of God can be fulfilled outside a relationship with Jesus. We need Jesus, and when we say yes to Jesus, these, prom these promises are made available to us. So let's kind of recap, let's read these uh, with me. You could turn to your Bible or turn your phone on or whatever it may be, but Exodus chapter six, if you don't have any of that, it's behind me on the screen. Verse six says this, says, therefore say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. You see these four cups. The first cup we talked about week one was the cup of sanctification and, and talking about salvation. I am the Lord and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians, that, that we need some saving in our lives. Our lives are, are, are a wreck. We're, we're born with this sinful nature, but we're, we're born with, a, with this need, this inherent need of a savior. There's something inside of us that says there must be more. There's something more that has to be in this life than what I'm experiencing in this moment. And so we, we see this with the cup of sanctification. And, and the second cup as they would drink, we talked about last week, this the cup of deliverance. And, and we, we, would, we would say maybe freedom. We'd like to put freedom there. And so I will free you from being slaves to them and I will redeem you. I, I will free you. We need some freedom. I said we need some freedom. 
Like, like it's, it's one thing to be saved, but it's another thing to walk in the freedom that God created you to walk in. And so he said, hey, I, I will free you. He goes on to say, I, I, will, um, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. This, this cup of redemption. Uh, this, I know redemption is kind of maybe more of a churchy word, but, but we would say maybe restoration. We like to use the word restoration there. That, that he wants to restore you. Some things that have been lost, some things maybe have been taken from you. God wants to, to bring back. God wants to restore. And then next week, we'll talk about the cup of uh, or two weeks actually, we'll talk about the cup of praise, uh, which is just fulfillment, God fulfilling uh, what he's called you to do and to be. I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. So let's talk about that this morning if we can. The cup of redemption. Everybody say redemption. Everybody, come on. The cup of redemption. Sounds good. Exodus 6, 6, once more. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. Now, when you, when you look up the definition of redeem, redeem, the first definition that's there would be to buy back or to repurchase. To buy back or to purchase. And it's funny because, because God already made you. you. You were made in his image and, and in his likeness. But, but he would buy us back. It, it's kind of like going to a flea market and, 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 and you walk in and there's some stuff that, that really nobody wants and there's some stuff that maybe it's, it's a dingy or maybe, maybe some of it's even been used before and, and not a whole lot of people want it. And, and Jesus walks up to the scene and, and he says, hey, how much for that? And they say, they say, oh, it's gonna cost you everything that you have to buy this. And Jesus stepped in and arrived on the scene and said, hey, I will buy it all from you. I'll pay the ultimate price. I got you. How many think that's some good news this morning that Jesus stepped in and he redeemed us to buy back, to repurchase. The second definition was to change for the better. To change for the better from good to great, not settling for good. A lot of times we, we settle for good. A lot of times we're like, mm, that's good enough. In fact, sometimes we say, well, if it's not bad, it must be okay, it's good. As long as there's no bad, it's good. I'll be all right, we'll make it happen. But God has so much for us in store for us that he just doesn't want you to settle for good. God wants you to go and accelerate to great. There's more for you. He wants to redeem that for you. And lastly, it says reform or repair. I'm sorry, repair or restore. Repair or restore, and I think of a, an old beat up car, maybe like a nice 67 Mustang. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, I feel you. <laughs> and it's a, it's a messed up 67 Mustang, it's been beat up, and you, you bring it into your garage and you start, you start sanding it down and you start stripping all the layers off and, and you take all the seats out and, and you just strip it all the way down only to put everything back in. And then when it's the finished product, man, it looks amazing. It shines, there's no dents. Man, it, it's, it's, it's restored back to its original intent. And that's what God wants to do for you. God wants to restore you back to your original intent, that you would be designed to do what you were created to do. And that is why Jesus came to redeem you and for me. I think that's some good news. Come on, somebody. 
So, so here's the question though, is, is why do so many people not drink from this cup? Why do so few drink from this third cup we are talking about? Studies have shown that 87% of the body of Christ don't know what their spiritual gift is. 87%. Almost nine out of every 10 people that are here might, we could maybe say we fall into this category that, that we don't know what our spiritual gift is. Let me remind you, I will redeem you with an, an outstretched arm, he says. You see, I believe that he has to redeem us with an, an outstretched arm is because most of us are in a lower place than where God sees us. We're in a lower place than where God sees us. We, we don't even see ourselves as God sees us. Oh, we're going to heaven. Like, great, thank you, Jesus. But we're scraping by on earth. And I don't know about you, but I'm tired of scraping by. Like, I'm, I'm tired of, 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 of living just barely enough. I'm, I'm tired of living in, in a land that says, man, I, I, I hope, I hope they, they pay me this week because I, I don't know if we're going to be able to pay the house note this week. Like, like I, I, I'm tired of being scraping by. I, I want to be in a land of more than enough. I want to live in the land of more than enough. And, and there's nothing wrong with you declaring the promises of God over your life. I'm not going to preach prosperity. I'm not a prosperity gospel. But God wants, you to, God wants you to prosper. God wants you to be prosperous. God wants you to be generous. And if you don't have nothing to give, then how can you be generous? So I'm tired of scraping by. Man, there's some things that I've, I, I've brought before the Lord this year in 21 days of, of prayer and fasting. I'm like, God, I need you to show up. Like, I'm yours. I give, I tithe, I do what your word says. Now I need you to come through. I need you to press it. I need you to do what your word says you will do. I think, I think one of the biggest reasons why people don't end up discovering their spiritual gift is because of inferiority. The word inferiority we don't see the, the greatness that God sees in us. Man, some of you just need to look in the mirror when you go home and be like, man, I'm awesome. Man, I'm, I'm good. There's sometimes, there's sometimes you just need to encourage yourself. Maybe nobody else is encouraging you. Man, you get in front of that mirror, you and God. Man, God, I thank you for making me. Man, I am awesome because you are awesome and you live inside of me. So we don't see this, yeah, we don't, we don't see the greatness that God sees in us. And because of this, we still see ourselves maybe in the shame or the pa- of, the, of the past, the shame, the guilt that we've experienced in the past. And, and, and we, we stay in that. We, we don't ever experience this freedom. We don't ever walk in this freedom that God has called us to do. No, we, we get saved and we give Jesus our life, but we skip over freedom because it's painful and it hurts. And we just wanna, we just wanna begin to discover our purpose and, and, and make a difference in the world. But, but we can't really do this effectively because we haven't really done the necessary thing that God has called us to do where he said he will free us this freedom that he has for you and for me. But God doesn't want you to maintain this view this view of, of shame and guilt, this, this, this view of, of hurts. No, it says in Psalm 18, 35, that, that he stooped down to make me great. 
he stooped down. He, he, he bent down. Maybe he got on my level so that I could be great. You say, well, how did he stoop down to your level so you could be great? Oh, I'm sorry. He sent somebody and his name is Jesus. And Jesus came and he lived on this earth for 33 years, a perfect life, a sinless life. Dude, Jesus was the original OG, let me tell you. And so, and so he, at the age of 30, he began to, to preach and began to do miracles and see, see the amazing things happen because of him, because he stooped down for us, you and I, can be great. And I don't know about you. I want to be. I want to be great. I want to be. Some of you ain't getting it. I want to be. All right. There we go. All right. We like to participate just a little bit here. All right. God sees this greatness inside of you. Even if you don't see it in yourself, God sees it. It's the enemy who wants to come in and condemn you bring condemnation. God brings conviction. The enemy brings condemnation. Oh, I can't believe you did that. There's no way out of this. Oh, man, I can't believe. Man, you're such a bad, wretched, just person. I can't, oh, man, you're just, oh, you know. And, and he, he says there is no way. And what God does is he, he brings conviction that says, hey, I know you did this, but there, here's a way out. There is a better way. You don't have to do this any longer if you'd like. Hey, I've already sent Jesus. I've already done the work. I've already prepared the way. You just got to step into the way and make it happen. And so, um, so the enemy brings condemnation. The Lord brings conviction. It reminds me of this story where a man walks into a, a pet store, walks into the pet store, he's kind of looking around, and he, hear, he sees, or he hears this parrot over a couple, hours, a couple of aisles over, and he says, hey, come here. He looks over, he said, you talking to me? He said, yeah, I'm talking to you. He said, come here. So the man kind of walks up to the parrot, he says, what? The parrot says, you are the ugliest person I have ever seen in my whole life. And the guy was, this guy got his feelings hurt. He was like, I mean, he was hurt. He was like, man, that was, that's, that's brutal. So he, he, he's kind of hurt, but he goes to the store owner. And he says, hey, hey, you know, hey, hey store owner, I, you know, your parrot over here is just berating me. Just, I mean, he told me, hurt my feelings. He called me names, all this stuff. And and store owner was like, man, I'm so sorry. You know, I, I'll, I'll go take care of it. So uh, the guy leaves and the owner, he goes back to the parrot. And he, you know, psh, 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 you know, he smacks him around a little bit, plucks a couple of feathers, I don't know. And and he's like, don't do that again, man. You're hurting, hurting my customers. And and so about a month later, it passed or so, and the guy comes back into the same pet store and all of a sudden he hears, hey, you. He looks over. He says, you talking to me? He said, yeah, I'm talking to you. Come here. So he walks back over to the parrot. He says, what? The parrot goes, you know what? <laughs> and that's what the devil does. That's what the devil does. He reminds us of what he's been telling us. He reminds us of our past. He reminds us of, of things that have hurt us and things that have, have kept us back, things that, that, that God would intend us to move forward, but things that are holding us back. And God wants you to know, hey, no longer do you have to stay in a place of condemnation, a place of hurt and shame and guilt, but Jesus has already paid the price. He's already stooped down to our level so that we could be great, and we are great when we, when we have Jesus in our hearts and in our lives. Amen? Amen. Ephesians says, for we are God's masterpiece. This is how God sees us right here. 
We are God's masterpiece. I'm a Monet, man. Like maybe you need to look in the mirror today. Maybe, maybe you just need to be like, man, I look good. Like, I don't know, but you're a masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. That's why God is gonna pull you out of a muddy pit with an outstretched arm. He's gonna take you from where you're at and lift you up to a higher level. He'll clean you up and he'll begin to speak good into your life and into your situation because you were made for greatness. So he reaches out with an outstretched arm and secondly, he redeems us with mighty acts of judgment. I don't know about you, but I don't really like that word, judgment. You ever gone to court? Got a speeding ticket? Guilty, whatever. No, no contest, that's fine, $350, you know. But he will redeem us with mighty acts of judgment. These aren't for you as a believer though. This right here is reserved for the enemy of your soul, Satan himself, and this is why. Because whether you realize it or not, Satan also has a plan for your life. I plan to kill you, to steal from you, and to destroy you. If he can't kill you and take you out, he will try and steal from you. Steal your joy, steal your hope, steal whatever you got. And if he can't do that, he will destroy everything in you and around you so that you will be hopeless in this life. This is why I believe 87% of Christians never take a sip of this cup. It's because we allow Satan to come in and to create what we would call a diversion. A diversion, the the, the part of your story, the part of your life that that you would say, man, I'm pretty sure God didn't write this part of the book. You ever been there? Like, did God really write this part of my life? Like, is this really God's plan for my life? No, no, we experienced a diversion and God has to cancel the plan that he has for your life. When he redeems you, he says, no, 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 no. I know this is the plan to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come so that they may have life and life more abundantly. You see, some of us have gotten, have got diverted over life through, through some, some pain and some hurt. Maybe some hurt has, has, has hurt you. Maybe, maybe some, some pain has come in and derailed you. Maybe, maybe there's been something in your life that has wounded you deeply and it has diverted your faith and, and it's kept your eyes away from the Lord and just, just kind of doing your own thing. Maybe for some of you, success has diverted you. I believe sometimes the enemy brings in success to, to divert us because we're, everything is going great. Everything is going wonderful. The, the kids are great. The, the bank account is great. Everything is wonderful. What else could be going wrong? But our need for the Lord begins to dwindle because we begin to put our faith in something else other than him. I'm not saying your bank account shouldn't be full. Go for it. Let's go. But our faith must not be in other things, our faith must be in Jesus himself. I believe the biggest tactic the enemy uses to divert us, especially in Houston, Texas, is being busy. 
It's being busy. Because we're all busy. If I asked you what you could use one more hour of, or if you had one more hour in a day, what would you do? You'd be like, I want to sleep. Give me sleep. We're busy. We wake up early. We get the kids ready. We feed them breakfast. We put clothes on them. We get them out, get them to school. They go to school. We go to work. We're doing our thing eight to five, nine to five, whatever it is, nine to six, nine to seven, whatever. You're working 10-hour day, 12-hour days, and we get home, and we're tired, and we, we do dinner, and, and we've done homework, and, and now it's time to go to bed, and man, we're exhausted, and we don't have any time for ourselves, and we go to bed, and we wake up and do the same thing over and over and over again, and we get busy, and nowhere in that time frame have we created space to be with the Lord. Busy. Enemy creates these diversions. In 1 Thessalonians, Paul said this. He says, we wanted very much to come to you, and I, Paul, tried again and again, but Satan prevented us. But Satan prevented us. I wanted to be there. I tried multiple times, but I couldn't do it because we were prevented. In fact, this word prevented means to impede one's progress by putting something in the way. Maybe, maybe, maybe the enemy can't touch you as a believer, but he sure can't put something in your path. He'll put something in your path. One, one definition says he literally cuts a ditch in your road, is what one, one definition or translation is. He cuts a ditch in your road. So God has a road for your life, but the enemy comes and he puts and digs a ditch right there in the middle of the road. And so instead of being an overcomer, we get to the ditch and we're like, oh, I'm just gonna go a different path. Instead of getting over the ditch or through the ditch, we're just going to go our separate ways. We're just gonna take a different path. So what do we do about this? Well, in Romans 8, 28, says, we know that God causes everything to work together for the what? For the good. For the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. He works it all out. Now, can you get to Cyprus from, from Bush through Dallas? I mean, you could fly into Bush and drive to Dallas and make your way back to Cyprus, couldn't you? I mean, I wouldn't like advise it. I don't think it's a good idea. It'll probably add a good six, seven hours or so, uh, you know, as long as there's no wrecks on 45 or whatever it may be. Uh, but but it, it would take a whole lot longer to get back to your destination or get to where you're going. Uh, I, I just suggest going from Bush straight here to Cyprus. You don't, have to, you don't have to go all the way and take this alternate route, but that's what some people do. But here's the good news is that there's a road that still connects from Dallas back to Cyprus. There's still a road that says, hey, you may have gone this path. You may have got, gotten off the beaten path. You might have got lost a little bit. You might have missed a road sign or two or three or four. But, but hey, it's okay because there's a road that connects you back to where you're going. And God can still turn you around. God can still turn around those things that are meant, that have been bad, but he can turn around for your good. There's still a road that connects you back to his purpose, back to what he has you, uh, called you to do and what he wants you to do and to be. In Romans eleven twenty nine 29, it says God, God's, gifts are, uh, God's gifts and God's call are under full warranty. Under full warranty, never canceled, never 
rescinded. One word, one word translation says that it was irrevocable. That God's word is, is irrevocable. His calling, you, you, can't, you can't call it back. It's, it's, it's not a five-year or 100,000 miles, whatever happens first. No, it's, 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 it's all the time. No, it's a calling on your life. It's something that God's got inside and prepared for you. His gifts and his call are under full warranty. And at any time, at any moment, you can call up the warranty. Let's go. Jesus, come into my life. And God says, boom, warranty served. Let's go. Let's go fulfill your purpose. You see, God has never changed his mind about you, regardless of what you have done. People might. People might change their mind about you, but God never will. God's never done with you. Come on, he's never done with you. So how do we drink from the cup of redemption, this restoration thing? Well, God describes this cup by your spiritual gift. God wants you to discover your spiritual gift. Romans 12, six says, we have different gifts according to the grace given. You've got different, we, we all have different gifts. There's some things that, that you're good at that I might not be good at, and there's some things that I might be good at that, that you're not good at because we have these different gifts. How many, how many like craftsmen do we have in the house? Do we have any craftsmen, anybody? Anybody, man, anybody like good working with tools? Okay, a few of us, okay, uh, awesome. Like, I'm horrible at that. Like, I'm not good at that. That's not my bag. Uh, I, I, hate, um, I hate putting up uh, blinds at the house. I hate putting ceiling fans up. Uh, I hate whatever it takes, anything that's household related. Um, it's just not my, it's not my bag, baby, okay? It's, it's just, I'm just, I'm just not there. It's not my strength, and I know it. I just call Enrique. I'm like, Enrique, come hook a brother up and help me do this, and so, uh, we have different gifts. There's probably some things that come natural to you or, or, or very easy to you. Those are things that God has put inside of you. There, there's times where uh, I, I have walked onto a stage and, and, and there's times where I, I tell myself this, like I, I, feel, I feel this. I feel, I tell myself, I was made for this. Like, it's what I feel. It's what I feel God has put inside of me. Uh, you know, this is where there's leadership things inside of me. I feel like God is drawing out. And, and I, I feel like I did, I, this is good. I'm, this is easy. But put me in kids' ministry. Sweet Lord, baby Jesus. I'm like, you said, what kid? I will duct tape you to this chair, and you're not going to move. Whoa, what up now? You know, what you going to do now? And, uh, it's not my strength, and I know that. It's okay. I'm gonna stick here in my strength. Whether it's feeding the poor, whether it's, it's playing music, there's things that God has put inside of you that is your strength, and it's there on purpose. It says in 1 Corinthians, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. In other words, go after it. Let's go get this thing, baby. Let's make it happen. 87% of people that say yes to Jesus never go and pursue their spiritual gift. They don't even know what it is. And I'm here to tell you this morning that God has more for you. God has more 
for you. He wants to step into a place where you go, I know why I'm on this planet. He wants you to be able to say, I was made for this. Like I was made, like I was put on earth for this moment, for this time, and I'm part of something, and I'm making a difference. And this is how we do it. We discover our gifts. We discover, or discover your gift. Do you know that, that when you were born, God didn't say, oh man, there's Sarah. Wonder what we're gonna do now. I didn't really have a plan, but I'll have to create one. No, do you know that before you were born or a thought to your mom or your dad, that, that God had a plan for you first, and then he said, now, now let's be born. I just think that's good news. You weren't an afterthought to God. God was like, man, they're coming on this earth. Let's go. I've got a plan for them. It's time right now, this, this moment, this time. Let's go. Let's go make a difference. And your design is going to reveal some things in you and what you're supposed to do. In Psalms 139, it says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and you knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. Psalmist is like, man, I know how good of a job you did. God, I know what you've done inside of me. God, how well I know it. I may not be everything, but I am this, this, and this. I, I may not have it all together, but I know you've placed these things inside of me to go make a difference. And so we discover our gifts and this design reveals our destiny and how we're made. We realize that it points us to who God has called us to be and what God has, has called us to do. The key, the key though, is that it's all, it's all God. It's all God's. It all starts with him. He wrote the book to your life. It's him that we have to lean into just a little bit. Ephesians 1 says, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we were first heard of Christ, or long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, we had his eye, he had his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living, part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. I love what it says in Colossians. It says, for everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. You wanna find your purpose. You wanna make a difference. It starts with Jesus. In fact, you will always be empty. You will always feel an emptiness inside of you until you give control over to Jesus. So you say, Jesus, here I am, here's my life. Take control. You gotta develop your gift. How many know you gotta develop your gift? You gotta develop your trade. You're not always perfect, but you gotta work towards it, right? We're gonna, we're gonna always improve, we're gonna make it always better. That's, that's why we have our growth track. 
It's exactly why we, we, we started Growth Track from, the, from day one, from the very beginning, because we want people to develop their gifts. We want them to, to discover their purpose and, and get in and, hey, man, let's, let's make a big difference together. And, and so step one, we talk about who we are and just kind of a membership type of thing and just, hey, this is who we are. And, and step two, we talk about, we do discovering your gifts and we do a spiritual gifts test. So come on. We do a, a personality test. And, and I've been amazed at some of the people that have taken this that, that maybe have been Christians for a really Really, really long time, but their eyes were open and they never had taken something like this. And they were like, wow, this is really awesome. And today we're doing step three of Growth Track right after service and, and right after the baptisms and stuff. And we're gonna be talking about developing your leadership. And, and God has placed something inside of you that, that you're a leader. You may, you may be like, you may not feel like a leader. You may say you're not a leader, but God has placed you as a leader in some way, in some form. You may be married, sir, and you may have a wife and, and God has created you to lead your family. Family and maybe you have kids and, and mom or dad and, and God has put you in and over them to lead them, to guide them, to show them the way. Whatever it is, God has placed something inside of you to lead. And step four, next week when we talk about joining the team, man, let's go make a difference together. That's where we, you always hear us talking about our dream team. Our dream team, because they make a big difference here at our church and outside of these four walls. And the ultimate way to live your life is this, is to use your gift. Everybody say, use it. Come on, say, use it or lose it. You've never experienced life until you find the thing God created you to do and then you start using it. Man, it's amazing when you can walk into something and you can say, man, I was made for this. Like you, you can wake up in the morning, you can go to work, and you, maybe you'd be like, man, I was made for this. First Peter says, God has given gifts to each of you from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Manage them well so that God's generosity can flow through you. It can flow through you. Make it a way so that people far from God experience new life in Christ that it can flow through you, that you're fulfilling your purpose. You know what? Man, you know what? I, I, my gift is not kids' ministry, but you know what? There's some people back there right now that it is, and they're loving on kids, and they're changing diapers, and they're high-fiving kids, and, and they're playing with kids, and they're giving Jesus to kids and making a difference in their life. It's their thing. It's their flow. Let's go. Man, some people, they're, they're, they love high-fiving. Man, some of you are like, maybe you're a germaphobe. You're like, man, I wish they wouldn't high-five me. Or they go to high-five you and you give them an elbow. I don't know. And so, but, but that's their flow. That's their thing. Like people are discovering their purpose and, and walking it out. Man, we've got over 70 dream teamers in our church right now serving and making it happen. Yeah, come on. It's good. It's, it's good. We're excited. God's doing great things. Some of you are like, what was just that? That's our sound, man. It's okay. We get a little crazy sometimes. <laughs> Hebrews 6, 10 says, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. He will not forget the times that you've shown up and you served, dream team. The times where maybe you were tired and the times where maybe you didn't feel like it, but you got up anyways and you made it happen. 
The time when, when you had, a, you had, a, you had a, a flight leaving this afternoon, but you decided to be here at seven this morning, Tom, and you said, no, 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 I'm, I'm still gonna be committed. I'm still gonna serve. I'm still gonna make it happen so people can come to know Jesus today. He could have skipped church. He could have said, no, I got a plane. I got to go. But no, he said, I'm going to be at church first. I'm going to make it happen for people. You see all this beautiful pipe and drape? That's Tom. It's the pipe and drape anointing. If you need it, if you want it, baby, we got it. You just go talk to Tom. We'll get you on that dream team real fast. Let's go. God will not forget the times that you serve. The times you go paint a cottage at Boys and Girls Country or the time that, that you fed teachers some lunch. The time where you could have been somewhere else but you decided to, to know I'm gonna serve. I believe God says, I, I'm not gonna forget about that. I got you. Did you know that God considers the ultimate expression of worship not reading your Bible and, and not praying, but, but serving one another through, through your love? He said, love God and love people. Like, let's get that down. And I think for ourselves, we would say, hey, let's get that down for our church. Let's love God and love people. I don't need to be God. I'll fail you every time. Please don't, 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 don't even put me on a pedestal like that. Like, let God be God. I'll be your pastor. I'll do my best for you. I'll live life with you. I'll walk through deep, dark moments with you. But I'm not Jesus. And I don't want to be Jesus. Because I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I need Jesus just like you need Jesus. I need Jesus to step into my life just like you need him to step into your life. I need him to come through on some, on some stuff in my life just like you do. I'm gonna give you a little teaser for next week or in two weeks really, but my purpose is to serve God by serving others. My purpose, you wanna know your purpose, it's to serve God by serving others. This is why God created you. We just want you to begin to figure it out. And that's why we got Growth Track. So we can help figure it out together. We don't have to walk in this life alone. But people beside, I don't know about you, but life with people around me sure is a lot sweeter. That love me, that believe in me, that tell me that I can do it. It's a lot sweeter than having to do it by myself. Come on, let's pray this morning. Lord, I pray, I pray for your people this morning. I pray for those that, that maybe feel inferior, God. Those that feel not good enough. Those that maybe have thoughts of how could God use me to do anything because of what I've done. God, I pray, for, I pray for those here that feel that way. And I pray that they would, they would realize this morning that what you have done 
is enough. That we don't have to prove ourselves to you. We don't have to, to, to work harder to earn salvation or to earn your love. No, God, that you loved us so much. You had a plan for us and a purpose for us that, that before we were born, God, that you said, hey, they're gonna, they're gonna live this out. This is the plan and purpose I have for them. And they would, they would be born and then we would be walking this thing out. Let that be what we walk in confidence in, God. Let us not feel less than, but let us feel empowered by the power of your Holy Spirit. God, we need you. We need your help. Lord, I pray that you would help people discover their gifts and discover their spiritual gift. God, that you would redeem that which has been lost, redeem maybe that which has been taken. In Jesus' name, we need you. Let us fulfill our God-given potential that you've placed and put inside of us and not settle. Thank you for joining us on the Hope Rising podcast. Visit us online at myhoperising.co. If you're in the Cypress, Texas area, we would love to connect with you on Sundays, 10 a.m. at Spillane Middle School. Thanks again for listening. Have a wonderful week.